0: Hey everybody, it's me again, Posty Posterson, and I'm back with another Super Deluxe Special Edition episode of the Sleep With Me podcast. Just in case you've never tuned into one of these, um, usually I help Scooter to edit the show, but once in a while I'll take an episode that recently aired, I'll add some music, or sometimes some sound design to it, and we'll release it as a Super Deluxe Special Edition show. This is one other way that Scoots says thanks to all of you who are supporting the show. Your support means a ton to all of us who work on it, so thank you. And let's hop into another Super Deluxe Special Edition edition show uh, we spent the night at the orchestra and I thought that was a lot of fun it went well so I thought we could maybe do something similar again for this one Um, it sounds a little bit like this will still be in a concert hall, but maybe a smaller one, a little more intimate, with the lights dimmed, surrounded by all of our fellow Sleep With Me podcast listeners, scoots on stage with a small quartet of instruments. Um, I think we've talked about this before, where I have a theory that music that doesn't necessarily repeat itself is maybe better to sleep, too, because your brain doesn't attach to the chord patterns. So I've picked a key, D major, and the instrumentation just kind of subtly in the background keeps Scooter some company. And that's it. One more night with the string quartet. I really do hope this helps you get some sleep. And good night.
1: Scooter here, and tonight's episode will be a little bit different. I've, I've haven't uh, done one of these episodes in a little while, and this will be a different version of that episode. At least, in what I'm thinking ahead of time, I'm wondering, and this does take some setups. So, like, uh, I'll try to explain this for new listeners, um, like why. Why this is important, uh, or why why does this? Uh, w- what's up with this? So, uh, this is an episode a Carol King, a guide where Carol King tries to help me, or I don't know if ether is the right word. The spirit of Carol, the power of Carol King, and that's Carol with an E, not Caro, car- Carol. uh. The songstress, uh, the activist, uh, the, the wonderful uh, Carol King, subject of a musical, uh, songwriter, uh, singer, and so much more. Also, uh, now this is presumptive, uh, or only what I believe, but also uh, either her, her positivity and power is so powerful, or she's a magic user, or she has some sort of other um, uh, power. It could be it could be science-based power, as we see, like, oh, anything that, uh, you know, says we have trouble. You know what I mean? The, the ex- explanation about science and magic. Also, I can say, I guess I can say see this very concise. Well, I can't say anything concisely to say it. Carol King has powers beyond my understanding that impact me in a positive way. So that's one thing. And you say, okay, Scoots, so can you repeat that just so we, we have a baseline? So, Carol King has powers beyond my understanding that have a positive impact on my life. When, well, when I remember uh, to use the powers that, that she presents me. And you say, okay, so it's, explain it to me more, or what is the power, and, and how does it manifest? Oh, great question. Great word, by the way. How does it manifest, and what is the power? So, uh, once upon a time, before, I think mo- a lot of you were in existence, but not everybody. You, like, so we have uh, smartphones, Right. Uh, and we're on whatever the tenth or generation of smartphones. I don't know if that means we've had smartphones for ten years. Uh, probably about that, though, because I think yeah, maybe maybe twelve years. I have no idea. Mister Bard would know that better than me. And at some point, we started consuming most of our streaming music on our smartphones. This is a music-based uh, thing. Before we had smartphones, we had music players, and those are like the generation of music players, obviously, this is pretty long. But the portability of music players is a little bit shorter, but still fairly long across my lifetime. But at some point, I don't know if it was in, I guess it was in the, was it in the aughts? I guess it probably was in the aughts. Uh, there came a time where people said, "Oh, well, well, digital music was a thing." And then, how do you consume digital music? For me, it was first. It was an MD mini disc player, which actually was really convenient, and it had unlimited memories, as many, as much memories as many discs. Uh, but there was also uh, digital drive, hard drive based music players, and the iPod was one of the first, kind of the biggest one. And it was a precursor to like the iPod Mini and iPod Micro and the iPod. You know, and there was also other ones like Zune and uh, I think uh, iRiver. I don't know. I guess yeah. The first one I saw was in two. What, it might have been in the 2000. I remember being in my uh, uh, now brother-in-law's uh, car before he was married to my sister, and he had one. It was about the size of a portable CD player at that time, so this was a few generations before I had one. Uh, But eventually I had a, uh, I guess an iPod, whatever you call that thing, yeah, an iPod. I I don't know if it was a second or a third or a fourth generation, it had the touch wheel, not the click wheel, and like, I started listening to music on that, and I had that for a while. And eventually I started listening to podcasts on that, or maybe I, already, maybe I was already listening to podcasts. But uh, uh, anyway, at some point, so one of the things about the iPod, uh, and okay, one thing you need to know about me is like, uh, once I realized you could put all this music on there, I said, well, what, like I would go over, if, especially if I was staying at someone's house for a weekend or something, they'd say, what music you got on your computer? Can I put it on my iPod? or my siblings, I'd say, hey, what music do you have on your computer? Can I put it on my iPod? And they'd say, sure, sure, go ahead. And so eventually I like uh, had a lot of random stuff on my iPod, like just not my own music, but uh, music uh, that was owned by people I knew. And one of my favorite things to do was to just shuffle the music because then it would lead me on a journey of, it would just be fun. Now, sometimes you'd you'd get into that radio changing mode where you wouldn't accept what the music was. Uh, But if you could be, it was a very meditative thing almost, uh, like to say, okay, let's just listen. I don't know what this song is, or I don't know whose song was this uh, out of all the people I got music from. It was a different time back then. It was you know it was the like it wasn't it was the platter age they called it this was a platter hard drive, not a solid state hard drive, even now at some point in and now some of this is a leap of belief systems for me, so some of this may be 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 easily disproved by facts uh, or interpretation of facts, but This shuffle, I believe, had a learning algorithm that was a based, it was a very, now I don't want to use the term rudimentary because it probably wasn't rudimentary, but compared to now, probably, you'd say, an algorithm today would say, well, that's a, and I'd say, well, that's not a very nice way to put it. You'd say, well, I don't mean it. You're interpreting rudimentary in a not nice way. I mean it as a, a stage in the development of music based shuffling algorithms based on preference. And I'd say, okay, that's a very interesting way to explain it. But, uh, so whatever this algorithm was, that would say, oh, if you, it would, it would start to note what songs got played, like, even when you, this was always watching, because it was built into the device. This wasn't, uh, like a connected device. You had to plug it in to put music on it. But it was always keeping track of like what songs you listened to, even outside of shuffle. And for some reason, when you were shuffling, it would increase the, like, whatever the random, it was only slightly random. Then it was like, well, you like these songs, so I'm gonna play these more often. And then of course, that became more and more true for the songs you played to come up during shuffle. And now separately, at some point, I had a bunch of Carol King music on my iPad or on my iPod. And uh, like I enjoy Carol King music, while I wouldn't consider myself—I mean, before this, I wouldn't consider—like now I have a totally, you know, near spiritual relationship with uh, a human being named Carol King. But you know, these things get complicated. You know, I'm a hum- I'm, i myself am a human being. But so, uh, at some point, like, uh, all I can say is that uh, somehow, and I, I use this term spiritually, or you could say magically, the power of Carol King permeated my iPod shuffle algorithm. Uh, in a way that we could only say is be, well that we can only say is beyond my understanding, which even basic algorithms are beyond my understanding. But this is in a much more important way, and what that meant is that every few songs, not every few songs, I'd say within a, if a hundred song, like in a hundred songs, there was a hundred percent chance of one of those being a Carol King song. And it's probably less than that, because I say, well, how long does it take to listen to a hundred songs? And this was, I was doing a lot of walking, a lot of driving over the periods I had this iPod. So I say, okay, like, uh, uh, now here's how powerful that is. At some point I had to recreate this iPod on it, like, because its platters slowly, its ability to play music slowly faded away luckily i had duplicated it and this is still the power of the ipod still holds true in other forms and i guess that is, isn't that what ethereal is or ether i don't know but so carol king's power or the power i believe carol king to have uh permeated the ipod and then I started to actually take a step back and say, okay, why, this is interesting that these carols, maybe it's every 50 songs, I don't know, like uh, once a week. So you see 10 songs, yeah, probably every 50 songs, a song would come up by her. And I never, I just said, well, that's it, like, uh, you know, at first I just had, a, I said, well, that's like, what's up with that? I never, now you could say, this is my own obliviousness, my own, uh, what do you call that When Like, uh, like caught up in my own thoughts. So, those are things I'm good at. I never noticed it with any other uh, music or group or artists. So, that's also Like you said, that may disprove any doubts that you have, but it also may just prove that I'm not paying attention. I'm barely ever paying attention because you know, I'm thinking about past, present, and future. But so, I, I, at some point, though, I came to believe, well, what if Carol King, and I can remember the place I was where I was, like, I, I came to this conclusion. I was walking to my job uh, when I was a librarian had uh, a couple of places, like, a couple, of, like, uh, youth locations or young adult locations, and... Uh, and I remember walking, I would walk there from BART. It was a long walk, uh, but it, like I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is when it happened. It could be like this is just when I was thinking about it, or this is when I accepted the power of it. Um, and I realized that uh, what if uh, the, the power of Carol King is uh, in my podcast at all times, not just when her songs are playing. And that meant that uh, at times in my life when I need an adventure or I need guidance, I've been able to turn to the shuffling powers uh, that live within my uh, now my digital replication, which may not function for much longer. That's another reason why I'm recording this episode is I'm wondering what'll happen because I have to transition and I say, well, is this going to be... Tra- like, is this going to transition or not uh, to another platform because this platform's not going to exist much longer and I only have this uh, this version of it. I don't know that I... I may, may have it... so. Oh, actually, I think I do have it somewhere but who knows, those are also platter-based hard drives. But so... Uh, when I need an adventure or when I need guidance, it's particularly when the stakes are, you know, world-level stakes or personal stakes. Uh, And I remember, which is also, like, once every 18 months or something, I turn to Carol King for help. Uh, But uh, this situation, I I just thought of, like, in the intro. I said, okay, what if, uh, like... uh, like what if we are looking? What if I call up a, the mall, like a, or office, a, you know, a corporate office, and say, "Hey, what about uh, this Creaky Dulcet collection?" Because they did try to do the Creaky Dulcet door collection, and uh, and then the Creaky Dulcet uh, Dior collection by Dior, and neither one of those. So let's try it. Uh, So here I am with my advisor, the uh, algorithmic spiritual incarnation of the power of Carol King, and I. And okay, I'm gonna call up the old uh, imagination uh, phone. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Hi, this is Scooter. I'm I'm calling for your boss, Shin. Okay. Uh, Oh, Scooter, who? uh the the well not the scooter uh like not the scooter from muppets uh, the that's and not a scooter like that goes zoom 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 so not the scooter from muppets obviously i don't like i don't sound, i'm here to uh like a, a like well maybe you could help me is this one of the things where you're screening but you're really uh, anyway so let me um now i got maybe like uh you could like usually oh gatekeeper that's what it's called like where you're a gatekeeper and then but really you're you're on the other side of the gate uh like did you you know wizard of oz uh well i read the book actually so i know this is the answer to this but was the wizard like was the wizard of what if the wizard of oz was the gatekeeper that thing that said uh hi. But I know I read the book, and that turns out not to be the case, I don't think. Also, in the movie, you know, in the book, they had to wear these emerald glasses everywhere. I don't know if they, they didn't have to do that in the movie, though. Kind of like rose-colored glasses. I don't know if that was a subtextual, I think it was a subtextual message. Or maybe it wasn't even... Maybe only I... But so... Oh, yeah, sorry. Why am I calling? Great question. And uh, hopefully you're sitting down. So I was wondering... Like, I was thinking about starting... Like, I always have... I never... Actually, I never dreamed of this. I just thought it was a good idea the other day. That maybe I could have... Like, so does your mall... Okay... So you're not a mall. Oh, I know you're a get, like you're the person answering the phone, like to see if I'm like I can cut the mustard or whatever. I don't know what that means either, because uh, it does seem ridiculous, like a ridiculous phrase. Cut the mustard. Is that even a phrase? Because they say what in the heck? Uh, maybe it's like but mustard seeds. But wouldn't you grind the mustard in that case, like stone ground mustard? That's a thing. Like I can't imagine anybody cutting the mustard. I mean, I've heard of the cutting the other stuff. am I right? sorry that was uh okay, so well, here's the thing. maybe with anyone you work with uh once upon a time uh they're like i guess it, this is strange like I would say is a mall a representation of niches or is it mass market version? Like it's not quite niche, uh, each store in a mall. Uh, but it is, uh, it is kind of right or It's specific items, but this store that I'm thinking of, uh, and this probably only had it to like, I don't know what the run of these kind of stores was. And if they're still even around, because to be honest, I haven't been doing my part, uh, I mean, I have been doing my part, staying home, you know, I don't, like, that's why why you're, an, oh, you're answering from home, of course, like, but even before it was time to stay home, he, but like, before that, I I didn't, like, uh, I would only, I, I'll be honest, like, I'm trying to think of the last time, oh, no, I know when I went to a mall, uh, before it was time to stay home, I went to one after I dropped my brother off at the airport in Florida. When I was driving back to my parents, I went to a mall to try to record an episode for Patreon, but there was too much um, uh, there was too much copyrighted music playing at the mall. So I said, "Oh, I can't record an episode because of the copyrighted music." So that was a bit of a bummer. Um. Which, uh, yeah, so, so I guess, yeah, that was a bit of a bummer, I guess, is what I was saying. Um, oh, yeah, so, but I, and I did eat lunch there, but I didn't do any, I don't know if I did anything else. I guess I just left. I ate lunch, um, and I think, yeah, did I walk the whole mall? I don't even know if I walked the whole mall. I mean, so I, I'd be, re- I'd be remiss if I wasn't honest with you that I'm not the best, uh, Oh, before that? Oh, boy. Yeah, that was probably in January or early February. Oh, somewhere in like, uh, I don't know, somewhere in near where my parents are. No, but not near, actually. Then I got lost. Then I tried to drive back to their house without the GPS uh, and just guess at what exit they were off of. Uh, And I actually guessed my way back there, but I got off the wrong exit. Uh, I think I talked about that in another podcast. I said, I'll just find the way. It'll be okay. Anyway, oh, yeah, what was my point? Oh, so, oh, when was the other time? I don't know when I went before that. But I remember a time when the mall had, like, a memory store, which really wasn't a memory. Well, there's, like, always one or two card stores, right? Or a gift shop. Like, it wasn't a gift shop. Uh, I mean, sometimes there was the card store run by one of the card companies, or maybe they both had their own stores, and they also sold. They probably said, well, cards are only 4 bucks." I don't know if the cards were in the supermarkets at this time. I would presume they were. We said, well, you can't, you can't, obviously, if you're running the mall, you said, well, you can't pay, like, you got to sell more than cards, because you're not going to sell that many cards. So then, like, they started selling stuff like wind chimes with ceramic owls on them, uh, candles, book, probably bookends, I don't know where else you'd buy, like, a bookend. Um, and then collectibles type stuff, right? Tre- tre- treasures, as some people would call them. Uh, I think there was probably maybe uh, was there ever a Hummel figurine store only at the mall, or was it, is this just my mem- imagination? But like ceramic based items, like um, and then yeah. A paper pro- well, there was usually like a paper store too. This is in the nineties. I'm thinking. oh, why do I bring that up? Well, so I was thinking if there were was a store like that that wasn't like it run like in by they say, well, this is our company. we only sell our company's products uh or well, maybe I could work with them. I was thinking about coming up with the creaky dulcet collection. Like the Creaky Dulcet Collection, or Creaky Dulcet Treasures, or Creaky Dulcet Memories. Well, what's the Creaky Dulcet? Well, I could tell you about the Creaky Dulcet Collection, and maybe that would help. Like, okay. So, the store, like, uh, so Creaky Dulcet Memories, um... The first one, I'm here also, I just want to fully disclose, I'm here with a spiritual-based algorithm that I I believe is a spiritual-based algorithm or an algorithm beyond my understanding, uh, based on the music of Carole King, maybe influenced by her in a way that's beyond my understanding. Okay, good, you're still listening, great. Uh, so first thing I have to pitch is uh, called Pretty Paper. And you see, pretty paper. What does pretty paper mean to everyone? Well, something different to everyone, but to me, and to the Kirky Dulcet collection, it would be paper that is thick, paper that has a texture to it. You know, like a paper that kind of feels like it's made of uh, not quite papyrus. Though, one, that would be another thing. We could have papyrus. Oh, that was one of the stores that was called that. The paper store was called papyrus. Did they? Here's a serious question. Do they sell actual papyrus at Papyrus? Because if they don't, even if they do, I think people would want to buy papyrus, uh, also, papyrus, I like saying that. I didn't realize it was, uh, is it two peas like that? Papyrus, right? If you have a stack of papyrus paper, is it papyri? Like you say, well, here's you say, well, that's more than one papyrus. Is it a papyri? You don't know. Well, that's, good. like, so, that would be the first item in the Crici collection is pretty paper. And I'm not saying that it's papyrus but maybe, or if it's recycled. But you know that paper, it's got that feel. It, it looks like it even has strings or something in there. It's not perfect and each piece has its own personality. And it is one of those papers that like drinks ink. You say, "What does this? How does this paper do with ink?" I say, "Oh, it drinks it up." Do do you have a, like you better have like a juicy pen ready to go uh, because when that and, and if you oh boy like sometimes you just want to touch the pen to this paper to watch it and watch the ink spread out and you can even see it like a, forming like a crystalline entity on the paper. And you'd say to your pen, "Oh boy, does she want to move?" And that would be the name of our pen collection. Uh, Creca of Pen Collection. And we'd say that because uh, for left like a couple of reasons with our pen, it, well let me go with uh, oh, the more fluid thoughts of the fluid pen moving. Oh, this pen—it it, like it's, it could work with any paper, but when it hits that uh, when it hits that pretty paper, it really like uh, it wants to move because obviously you want to keep it moving because otherwise it'll keep it, like you'll get a hole in the paper because it'll drink too much ink up. Uh, Uh, But maybe like ours, you say, is it cardstock? Not quite. It's good for folding. It's three-fold for a letter, but only one or two-page letter. Though we have pretty paper thin, which is a thinner paper, kind of like those papers you see people get in the journals of. You say, oh, this is like paper thin paper. And you say, you're kidding me, right? And you say, well... I don't know how else to describe. Our other paper was like paper, but not It's was paper thin technically. But oh boy, this is like nearly translucent, pretty paper. We call it pretty paper thin. That, if you're going to write longer letters, you, you want to use that because you can put more in one envelope. At you know the regular stamp rates. But this pen we sell as part of the Creaky Dulcet collection. She wants. Like because that's what pens are made to do. Just like Chris would say, that's what like I was born to do to warm it up. That this pen was born to move. Another reason it was born to move is because we wanted we actually designed it to stop uh, leaking out ink because for left-handers one. Also, could we get a do you have any team of scientists like in the basement of, of? Solve solve the whole ink and, and pencil thing for left-handers that never has gotten figured out really. I mean there's been attempts but there's never been something that every like they say you got to try this this is it your problems are solved especially when it comes to pencils or erasable ink or wet ink. Uh, now this one we do have it because the pen has to move and especially the pretty paper drinks it up uh, and holds it like uh, that's another part of the design of the pretty paper. I didn't mention. Oh, you want to stop me? Okay, uh, what was your oh, what does either one of those have to do with the creaky dolls? uh, I don't know uh, actually because Carol King's been uh, uh, telling like, uh, let me ask it. Oh, Louise, oh, Louise, uh, that's right. Uh, Holy Bonnie, right, to Louise, um, uh, is, uh, like, the, 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 uh, why is it Creaky Dulcet, the pretty paper, or the pen that wants to move? Oh, yeah, let me bring in Louise. She's our, like, she's our, uh, brand, she's our brand ambassador. Well, hello, this is Louise from, uh, Creaky Dulcet Collection, uh, also previously known of uh, Creaky Dulcet Doors by Dior and the Creaky Dulcet, Creaky Dulcet Dior uh, by Christina Dior. Uh, what can I help you with? Uh, are you? Oh, you're the gatekeeper. Hello, hello, hello. Well, we're really excited to tell you about the Creaky Dulcet Collection, where our brand, one of our brand, uh, Hom- well I can't say that I almost accidentally punned myself saying a hallmark of our brand and Scooter already said papyrus oh golly gee next thing you know I'll be down at Walden Pond with a Walden book you know just enjoying it uh And did you know this is, Scooter never wanted to, he, once he found out, there was a bookstore called Brenna or something once upon a time, and they offered free gift wrapping at their store, so Scooter bought every present as long as that store existed uh, at that store. And that saved him from having to wrap any gifts, which he's not super skilled at, um, which is what I want to tell you about is the, the paper I've designed uh, for wrapping gifts. It's called uh, Louise. Louis, Louis. uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I was just. So, what is the Creaky Dulcet collection and why would you be interested in it? That's what you may be saying to us and our team here and i think now this may be another store name of treasured moments this is like a treasured moment in reality now scooter didn't do a good job of explaining it so i try will try to and he opened it with a creaky dulcet floor so as a gatekeeper, I want you to close your eyes and think of the cre- like a, a your favorite creaky dulcet floor moment um but I'll describe two for you one is uh, is, is a mother uh, and it's uh late in the evening and she's just uh, she, she, she's uh she, she, she lives there by herself. Uh, her, loved, her little ones have gone on to start their lives. And it's evening and she's just finishing her tea and, and cleaning out her teacup in the kitchen sink when she remembers she hasn't checked the, the mail yet today. And she, uh, you know, finishes washing her teeth, dries her hands, you know, before checking the mail. Completely turns down the kitchen lights uh, and steps out of the kitchen. And she uh, has a door with the mail slot uh, and heads uh, to the door. She was so caught up in the day, uh, she didn't check the mail till this evening. And she sees some mail on the floor. She sees something that looks like a letter, a handwritten letter there among the stack of uh, whatever those are called with the little windows, uh, cellophane window mail and J-U-N-K mail. And she reaches down and she picks up those things and, and her heart kind of leaps a little bit with joy and anticipation. But there's two cellophane-based envelopes first, and she puts those to the side, and then she turns as she's uh, moving these business-based correspondence uh, to the back of the pile, and her foot steps down, and the floor creaks uh, the floor creaks at the exact moment her thumb touches uh, from our pretty paper collection, the pretty paper envelope collection, and her thumb is on that, uh, and uh, oh boy, is, uh, she can feel the, the, the craftsmanship and love that went into the pretty paper, but more she knows than handwriting oh that handwriting is from her daughter no does that she can see the love in the lines that says mom address uh, dot 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 address uh, town state and country province or region and uh then, on the top left, uh, she sees uh that uh there's a uh thumbprint uh, made of a thumbprint of lipstick, which she finds interesting and then either on top of the thumbprint or behind it she can't tell is uh loving daughter address. Uh, province, town, state, country, wherever, and she smiles because at the exact same time she's processing things in the present, she's remembering sitting there with tea when her daughter would try to come in. When she was in college, you know, she'd been out late with her friends, uh, Visiting with them, or she was home at the holidays in her twenties, uh, catching up with friends, and uh, that one part of the door could always squeak. She could hear it even in her sleep uh, from back from high school, but now it wasn't so much a confirmation that your kid was out past because it, your your kid was an adult now was that they were home under your roof uh, with you for a special time that you got to share with them again. And then on top of that, she gets to enjoy the heartfelt letter uh, sent from her daughter. And that is uh, the essence of the Creaky... Do you understand now what's Creaky about uh, the the Creaky Dulcet collection? okay well um yeah so oh you want me to go on okay well i'm gonna put some sugar on this next one is uh you you'd rather talk to me than scooter well okay then well this next one you don't this one is called uh, this because this is another thing we've thought about is that uh from our memories, uh, as we've we've we haven't we've only done memory based and feeling based research uh, and assumption based research. Two out of three of those are uh, effective, and then the third one, you know, it makes a rear out of all of us. Uh, but uh, one thing Scooter said to us is that uh, snow globes uh, he said it just like people say it in the movies and, and you let it sit there snow globes but because we were all there in our minds he said think about a creaky dulcet snow globe and this was one of our brainstorming sessions this is how it goes working within you know. It's, uh, so we all said what is a creaky dulcet snow globe uh, what would that be And then uh, we all, like, uh, we had a long time just to sit. We're not allowed to write or anything and just process it. And, uh, like, uh, it takes some getting used to. um, And then we do some elaboration, open question time. And someone said, well, do, do snow globes have to be... How related are they to the holiday season? And uh, Scooter said, "I I don't know. I'd say sixty percent related, but I you know factually or market-wise, I got no idea. Maybe seventy or eighty percent in a regular store. But w- what if we go sixty percent?" And everyone nodded, knowing they barely understood, you know, scooters, uh, but also would try to. And then we slowly reached the idea of, well, what would it would a creaky doll sit? Uh, there's a lot of things you could do. But what, and then we thought about, well, what if a snow, like what would a non-holiday snow globe be like? Like, uh that was appealing and we thought about well what else is a globe and we thought about fortune tellers uh and you know putting sugar on a fortune like uh, so you say, wait a second uh uh like so this is snow globe and then we said well some fortune tellers uh uh of any uh, any kind would use creaky like creaky dulcet tones and fortune telling they're not a hundred percent intertwined but they are and uh, we said okay so the, there's a fortune teller within the snow globe uh, but the snow globe is also a thing, and then we said, "Okay." And then someone said, "You know, I think there's like a simple thing, because you always turn the snow globe over and shake it, uh, and then you turn it back over." And we we knew there was like a simple sound effect that would make a, a creaky dulcet sound, like a like a creaky dulcet sigh. It's a very simple, non-electronic device, uh, a sound effect device. You've seen it in children's toys or anything. It just sounds like a a breathing-in creaky dulcet sigh. And uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. And uh, we said, okay, yeah, that would be the creaky dulcet, and that would be soothing, and it would actually give an extra thing. It would also, within the store, it would bring attention. we said okay well the snow you know should we use glitter should we use some sort of soapy cosmic water and then they said okay well and then scooter said what about um uh what about this uh what about there's also very similar to a snow globe also very similar to a fortune teller is the magic eight ball and Scooter said, wow, the, the you know the, the 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 team is working on the prototypes, what if either on the fortune teller's, like in the table, or in the globe, or in something else, is also a magic eight ball built in? Maybe just the table. Maybe the table within the snow globe that the fortune tellers are looking down on." He's a magic ape, like, is like the, the window of a magic ape ball. We said, ho- like, uh, holy cow. And this is when I say, oh, boy, this is why I work here. Because uh, you say, okay, so we're going to take a snow globe. We're going to put a sound effect in it. Not Scooter's idea, but our team's idea. That has, like, a somewhat comforting, but somewhat uh, different sound and then we're going to have a fortune teller but then we're also going to have a magic eight ball feature in there and then we're going to have an effect whether it's snow glitter or swirls uh, or something else and then of course like everybody on the team at the same time raised their hands and scooter said maybe he said yes i know what you're thinking because we all are part of a team Maybe we can do another uh, snow globe that's a Tesla coil, or one of those plasma globes, Uh, but not this one. That might be too much. Uh, And also maybe do a plasma globe that also has a uh, Magic 8-Ball, so we agreed on that. So that's another thing you would find at the Creaky Dulcet Collection. Oh, you want me to do the marketing thing for the fortune teller snow globe? Okay, well there you are—is that mother? And uh, there you are. Uh, maybe like, uh, you're, maybe you're you're a different a uh, parent. Uh, yeah, you're just a parent. Uh, you're in a different spot. Um, and maybe uh, you're you're in a like a smaller apartment that you've moved to. You've downsized, uh, but again, you're thinking, and it's your this this holiday. You said, "Well, I'm going to stay put this holiday. Just me, and you know, I'll, I'll use the devices to contact everybody I care about and love." Uh, But this one, I'm just doing it for me. I'm taking it, it's gonna be low, it's gonna be chill. I've decided this year that I'm gonna celebrate it for myself and in my own way. And I'm choosing to do this. Yeah, maybe there's a part of me that'll feel a little frowny. But most of me wants to do this for a break and to have some time to myself uh, to reflect on what this year meant to me what everyone in this year meant to me and it just happened to correspond with oh well you're going there you're going on a vacation and that doesn't appeal to me or oh you're going to spend time with your uh, your other parts your extended family I understand and I'm not saying this in a passive way I actively understand and that is fine so there you are, uh, like uh, getting ready, you've got uh, the fireplace effects on the TV. You've got some warm nog and cocoa mixed together, nutmeg on the surface. And you're just relaxing there. And then you hear the creaky door of your cat door that goes out uh, back uh, to where, out on your patio where the litter box is. Uh, And you smile because uh, Snuffles is coming in and you hear the bell you put around Snuffles' collar, jingling, jangling. Then Snuffles goes under the tree and uh, paws at the gift that you got for Snuffles. Uh, like, hey, when are we going to be able to open it? And you see that it's a rounded gift. Uh, and it's a, you know, it's a toy for Snuffles to play with, one of those balls that uh, this one, you know, has a random, like uh, this has a randomizing algorithm built in it. Uh, to be fun for the cat to play with, Snuffles. Uh, but next to it, it's also a rounded, as a base, but it's a rounded gift too. And you think, uh, think about it. And they say, okay, let's. Uh, you open that, and I'll open this, Snuffles. Uh, and uh, Snuffles, uh, you, you say, okay, I'll open it for you. And then, at first, Snuffles is so enamored with the paper that Snuffles has a battle with the paper and chases the paper around. And then you go to open your gift, and at the same time, Snuffles decides, well, I'm so excited, i got to go out and visit the litter box again. And the creaky, dulcet cat door swings. Your heart fills with the memories of uh, time you spent uh, with Snuffles and, and some of your children, and uh, that uh, you say, "Wait a second, we, our creaky, uh, where, where that other place we lived had a creaky dulcet cat door." And we used to always laugh uh, when I say, oh, there goes Snuffle!" At least Snuffles knows when Snuffles gets so excited that Snuffles has to use to uh, kick a little box. Uh, and we all, and I, you can remember a holiday moment just like this one, but different. That's, it felt special, but this one feels special in a different way. And then you go to lift up that gift, and you feel it has some weight to it, because it's uh, you know, a snow globe, uh, you see the card on it, it says, missing you, and thinking of you, and wondering when we'll see you in the future, do you know, question mark? And you say, wait a second, is that some sort of related to the gift? and you rip open the thing. Also you notice it because your children are pretty witty, it also taped to the bottom of the fortune teller snow globe, eight ball thing. Uh, it, it, like sound effect thing is uh, like an a, a invitation uh, to a future event with your family. That's optional, but that uh, you could take them up on it, you know, six months from now. Then you turn it over again, and it makes that sound, and Snuffles comes in with a look of, uh, and then Snuffles starts playing with Snuffles Ball. And you look at the uh, beautiful effects we added uh, to make the snow globe so much more, but you have, what's ironic is that you're looking at a snow globe not definitely designed for the holidays. And you're remembering that uh, strangely enough uh, that year you'd given everyone different types of uh, like these were magic eight balls with goofs uh uh like they like a parody magic eight balls made for children uh like of the rebellious teenage uh, saying you know better watch your step uh eat your vegetables uh So, a tear forms in your eye, a tear of uh, joy and love, and it rolls down your cheek. And this is before you even realize, as you start to shake uh, the globe, and it gets misty and feels magical, and it kind of makes that creaky, dulcet sound effect, but less, because it's not totally, it just makes a little creak uh, that... uh, That in the table of the fortune teller is a magic eight ball thingamajig. And it comes up on there and it says, you are loved. Remember that. And you, and and then you uh, put it down and you shut off the TV And you start to get ready for bed, and eventually you snuggle in your bed, so comfortable, uh, with visions of just these creaky doll, just these uh, few items of the Creaky Dolls' collection uh, dancing in your head. Uh, Oh, so what did you think of the pitch? Oh, you're asleep, okay. Well, that's good uh, that means that the creaky dulcet collection is still in development as you get comfortable and start to drift away and there's plenty more if you need it the creaky dulcet collection is always here on demand too you could also think of your own creaky dulcet moments uh, or make up and imagine your own. With the power uh, that I perceive to be broadcast by Carol King, the possibilities are endless. Good night.